What happens when you have control over a power much stronger than your own? The two films we're discussing today deal with these themes and so much more. Join us on the Crossroads Podcast as we discuss Weird Science and Psycho Goreman. Welcome to the Crossroads Podcast. This week we'll be looking at the 1985 film Weird Science and the 2020 film Psycho Gorman, which both deal with summoning or having an intelligent power that you can sort of control, but... You think you can control it, but things go awry. Things get out of hand. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Ryan. And I'm your other host, Rob. So Rob, do you want to start with Weird Science? Of course. Weird Science came out in 1985, written and directed by John Hughes, who I'm sure every single one of you know John Hughes. And if you don't, get to know his work. <laughs> Shame on it. you. <laughs> uh, it stars Anthony Michael Hall, Ian Michael Smith, and Kelly LeBlanc. And Bill Paxton. And Bill Paxton, of course. Yes. How could I forget him? <laughs> I didn't know he was in this. So it was a nice surprise, even though I thought his character was pretty terrible. <laughs> Easily the worst character of the, the film. Oh, yeah, but that's on purpose. Yeah, he's the, he's the, the antagonist. Yes. And it, it's... It, we'll get into that, but yeah, it's a... This is a film that I had not seen. This was uh, requested by a you know, fan request, so, or a listener request at any rate. <laughs> so it was... <laughs> Uh, it was the thing that I just never, never got around to seeing for whatever reason. And yeah, I saw it, it when I was young, but I honestly don't remember much of it. It must have been like a TV viewing, so it was heavily edited. Yeah. But the plot, it sounds like it wouldn't age well, but it surprisingly did. The plot is about two nerdy high school students who create the perfect woman and try and get her to fall in love with them. Yeah, I think... Honestly, I think it was that concept that made me just not want to seek it out because I thought it would just be very misogynistic and gross. And the thing that surprised me the most is how much agency she has. Mm-hmm. Like when um, she first appears, it's it has a little bit of that misogyny and it's played for laughs because, of course, it's the mid 80s. But as the film goes on, it gets very genuine and very heartfelt. Yeah, and I guess uh, that's to be expected from John Hughes. Yeah, he's he's good at that. Uh, some of his stuff has been rightly criticized for being a little creepy in retrospect. There's some some stuff that's a little rapey, yeah, maybe a lot rapey. And this, thankfully, has very little of that, if any. Uh, Lisa almost immediately proves to be way smarter than those two boys are, and well, they made her have the brain of Einstein. So. Yeah. Uh, which is, I think, maybe explains her hard-to-place accent. I had a really difficult time figuring out what that accent was supposed to be. Yeah, it kind of jumps all over the place. Yeah. Which, again, I didn't even know that was going to happen, because I, I somehow just managed to avoid this film my entire life until now. But uh, I, did you enjoy it, watching it as an older adult? I did. Um, I found some of it to be kind of weird in a very 80s way. There was a big, like, mid-80s, I want to say mid to late 80s, there was a really big surge of family-friendly sci-fi films. Yes. I mean, Ghostbusters had come out the year before 
which wasn't oh, intended to. Yeah, it wasn't intended to be family friendly, but it definitely was. Yeah, there's it a was few taken qu- that way. Yeah, there's a few questionable scenes, but for the most part, it's it's a kids movie. Yeah, it definitely appealed to kids. Whether or not it was made for them is a different question. Uh, one thing I do want to t- touch base about this too is the the soundtrack, the uh, the Oingo Boingo score, and and all of that. Yeah, the soundtrack it fits the movie perfectly. <laughs> Absolutely. I've uh, I've always been a huge Danny Elfman fan. Yeah. So to hear you know, the Oingo Boingo stuff, which sounds a lot like his film scores, it is it's just great. It's very it's bombastic great. and trumpety. And yeah. then the original song they wrote for the end credits mm-hmm. is just it's so eighties. <laughs> it's it's very very bouncy and weird and yeah, I just I like that stuff a lot. <sighs> so what'd you think of the casting and acting? Um, I thought it was fine. Uh, what's weird is that I actually know Anthony Michael Hall more as an adult actor than I do as a kid actor, which is weird because he's definitely known for being a kid more between yeah. this and 16 Candles and The Breakfast Club and all that stuff. I know him more from Dark Knight than any of those things. Yeah, I know him from the John Hughes stuff. That's yeah. really about it. Uh, and Dark, Dark Knight, obviously. Yeah. And so I'm used to seeing him as this, you know, like solidly built adult. So to see him as a skinny kid, it's always weird to me. Even in Edward Scissorhands, he plays the, kind of the school bully. So it's it's a weird bit of like reverse typecasting. Yeah, I feel like he was trying to branch out after a while. Because after the John Hughes movies, he definitely got typecast as the nerdy teenager. I'm not familiar with uh, Ilan Michael Smith. Uh, it looks like he dropped out of acting pretty quickly after that and uh, pursued an academic career. He's in the Goldbergs. Huh. He uh, apparently is a medieval historian, so huh. good for him. Good he's for also, him. He's also published, bo- uh, published books on Dungeons & Dragons. Huh. Interesting. So, so he yeah. stayed a nerd. Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Not that there's um, anything wrong with that. No, he's done a little bit of acting here and there, but for the most part, he's a medieval historian, and he teaches at Fordham, apparently. Hmm. Good for him. Or at uh, he teaches in Texas. He teaches at uh, Angelo State University. So good for him. Yeah, sometimes kid actors, they grow up and realize they don't like acting and go on to yeah. pursue different things. It's it's a glamorous career from the outside, like from the outside but... If you're on set 8, 10, 14 hours a day and you just have to do the same thing over and over again and you don't you're not in love with it. Yeah. And especially especially as a kid like mm-hmm. you don't have a childhood if you're just making movies all the time. Mm-hmm. Not that I would know, but uh, <laughs> I I assume you're just consistently on call and consistently acting and doing auditions, but yeah, Mara Wilson, the former child star has written extensively on her childhood and how she kind of grew out of her love of acting and it's really fascinating stuff i'll have to read that yeah she's got some articles and i think she's a memoir i have not read it but i think it'd be uh worth doing she's, she basically makes her living writing now and it's you know she knows how to how to write well so yeah. it's definitely interesting to read uh, we're getting off topic a little bit um, <laughs> yeah we tend to so, do that but We'll be talking a lot more about this sort of thing when we get to Psycho Goreman, mm-hmm. but uh, what did you think about when uh, when Lisa turned Chet into a giant blob thing? It was very out of left field. I did like a double take. I, I kind of <laughs> felt like it didn't belong in the movie, but 
Yeah. It's also exactly what Chet deserves because yeah. Chet, played by Bill Paxton, mm-hmm. is he's the worst big brother in <laughs> yes. history. He's awful, and she turns him into a pile of shit. Like a literal pile of shit. Yes. With, With hands, his same haircut. Hands, yeah. haircut, googly <laughs> eyes. Yeah, it's uh, not the most convincing effect I've ever seen, but it was It works. It hilarious. works for the role. It really yes. personifies yeah. a piece of poop. <laughs> yes. But surprisingly, Weird Science and Psycho Gorman really tie into each other very well. Better and than I was expecting. It seemed a little loose when we picked them, but I think it actually they do tie really well together. When you suggested last week, I, I thought they were perfect pairings because I watched uh, Psycho Gorman before before you mentioned it. But we'll get into that in a couple minutes. Um, so Bill Paxton, we talked about a little earlier as the villain. Did you think he was casted well for the role? Um, I mean, he didn't really look the part physically, but they made him, you know, they gave him that, that crew cut and, mm-hmm. you know, that spray tan. And, you know, he's one of those actors that can really disappear into a role. He's played military guys before, but he's also just played, like, just complete dweebs as mm-hmm. well. And I think he had a lot of range. This movie um, made me laugh because I watched Aliens the night before, <laughs> and I... I didn't realize Bill Paxton was in both of these and he's yeah. just playing completely different characters mm-hmm. and I realized that he's a very underrated actor. Yeah. He's he's one of those people who's just kept popping up in amazing performances all throughout his career and would keep doing totally different genres up until up until the the, the day he died, basically, and all over the place. Um I mean, even in the same year, he would do things like A Simple Plan and then Titanic, which are completely different films, or uh, The Last Supper versus uh, Apollo 13. Complete, very, very different things. Did and you know Bill Paxton is the only actor to be killed by the three big monsters of the 80s? What are those? The Alien, the Terminator, and the Predator. <laughs> I mean, he is a big fan of, uh, or a, big, a good friend of James Cameron, so. Yeah, so it makes sense. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I, he was in Aliens, and I like his role. Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> Game over, man. Yeah, Bill Paxton, like he's very underrated, and mm-hmm. just watching these two movies back and forth between two two days, like mm-hmm. you really get to see his range. And yeah, I I wish I watched more of his stuff yeah. as he, a, when he was alive. Yeah, he was definitely a. Uh, a character actor, but he was For a sure. very successful character actor. Where he would be on the cusp of leading man a lot of the time, and uh, that, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, let's talk about some things we disliked about Weird Science. It's obviously it's it's about forty years old now. Yeah, um, a lot of it aged very well, but there are some things that didn't. It's specifically a scene that really comes to mind is when they're at the bar towards the beginning of the second act. Yeah, and uh, it's borderline racist, mm-hmm. and you know at the time like that comes off as funny, but watching now, it's I was kind of cringing a little bit. It and... definitely is cringy. Um, I don't know if it's like a thoroughly insensitive, like a portrayal of a character who's insensitive, or if mm-hmm. it was definitely meant to be that, like that. It's. The original Vacation has a very similar sequence that I found similarly jarring when I finally watched that a couple years ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, 
you can be funny without needing to be racist. Like it, yeah. it's in fact, I would argue that being racist makes you less funny. Totally like, agreed. So it was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, um, and I was very shocked to see that in a John Hughes film. Yeah, he's usually better about yeah, that. Everything, I mean, everything that really comes to mind when I think John Hughes is like playing strange automobiles, uh, Breakfast Club, stuff like that. It's all family friendly, heartfelt stuff. And this is the first time that I recall seeing like yeah. very problematic things in a John Hughes flick. Yeah, he. I mean, he did do some things that are a little uh, less amazing was he wrote vacation he probably wrote that scene that i'm talking about which in fact he did because he's the only credited writer so yeah that makes makes me sad but also makes sense well after doing a deep dive it seems john hughes isn't as family friendly as i once yeah, thought he may have been a little more racist i was than duped we, uh, than we originally thought yeah. that's a little sad uh Anyway, uh, anyways, on, on oh, that down note, uh, overall, I thought Weird Science was a, a fun movie. It has a lot of heart, apart from the few problematic th- scenes we talked about. It's well acted, it's well edited, and it has a fantastic cast. Yes, and I didn't notice him where he was, but apparently Robert Downey Jr. has a uh, a pre-fame role in the film, which is As pretty cool. Ian, I think he's one of the bullies. Okay, that makes sense. I didn't really yeah. notice. I didn't notice was, either. Cool, good for he's, him. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely made it. So yeah, he's been acting his whole <laughs> life because his his father is a yeah a indie director. Yeah, uh, that's about all I got to say about this one. Um, yeah. and I definitely have some thoughts I want to get out of <laughs> Psycho Gorman. Yeah, I'm ready so. to move on to the reason we're here tonight. Yeah, Psycho Gorman. <laughs> Psycho Gorman, which um. It, it's stylized as PG Psycho Goreman, which is not on the poster, but is in the film. Yes. And one thing I liked about that is the PG is definitely the same font as the rating PG would be on something. If this came out in the era it's portraying, it would have been rated PG. Probably? Yeah. They go out of their way to not swear. But like, there's a ton of violence. There's a lot of violence, there's a lot of blood, but it's all cartoony, and they go out of their way to not swear to the point where it's actually distracting to me. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a couple lines where he's like, frick off. That yes. It kind of takes me out of it, but I also chuckle about it. Yeah. So the, the basic plot here is uh, there's siblings who don't really, they, they like each other, they love each other, they don't really like each other very much. Mimi and Luke, and they're out playing what's basically Calvin Ball. And uh, they they discover this alien that crashed to Earth. And they they awaken him by accident, and they can control him with this little gem that they found. And it sort of becomes like an, like an old Disney movie mixed with Power Rangers, only just like on Coke. Yeah, this... If you took Power Rangers, the costumes and all, the rubbery, over-the-top costumes, and just put that with a ton of blood and gore and practical effects, you have Psycho Gorman. Did you... This is a deep pull. Did you ever see the Disney Channel original movie Under Wraps? I have not. I was never a Disney Channel kid. I was always a Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network kid. It was a movie with a very similar premise where a bunch of kids uncover this mummy that's come to life. And it's not nearly as violent, obviously, because it's a ma- like a TV movie made by Disney. But it's uh, it reminded me of that 
a bit like that's kind of the whole like lassie sort of feel they're going for yeah. a bit um only this character can talk and he's a crazy warlord from uh what's the uh, planet what's the gygax gygax planet, planet gygax which i'm assuming is named after gary gygax who was one of the creator or maybe the main creator of uh of D. that makes sense i've honestly this this movie could be based off one of their D campaigns for all we know that's very possible uh it definitely has that feel where it's just like 20 every 20 minutes there's some new threat coming in yeah which does remind me a bit of uh I remember as a kid, I had a a tape of a bunch of episodes of Power Rangers. They were all on one VHS tape, mm-hmm. but they edited out the beginning and end, like the the credits. So it just oh, felt like a movie that was like very weird and repetitious. Yeah, uh, the Digimon movie was like that. It was just like three episodes back to back. Yeah, but so, we're getting yeah, off topic again. This does uh, feel a bit like that, just in and probably because it was inspired by those sorts of things. Yeah, like it's very clearly written by someone who loves the '80s era kid shows. That, oh yeah, you know he's all grown up now. He wants to make something like that, but for adults, and yeah. that's exactly what it feels like. The costumes, there's very little CGI in this movie, and everything's practical effects and. The one thing that stands out are the costumes. They are so fantastic and well-made. And it's it's a mix of rubber, latex, and makeup. And every single alien creature looks absolutely phenomenal on the screen. Yes. This film was not rated. And I'm not sure if it's because of just everything going on. Films just aren't being rated right now or what. But I, I can't tell what rating it would get. It'd probably be R just because of the over-the-top violence. Yeah, but it's so cartoony. And it's not any more violent than, like, Hellboy, which I think is Yeah, but the difference is the blood and gore. Good point. He's literally ripping people's faces off. And as you mentioned earlier, there's more than two people who get eaten alive. (laughs) Yes, I'm off mic, but yeah. We were were talking earlier about that. I I definitely have some weird complaints about this movie, and... The fact that more than one person gets eaten alive, and I feel like it doesn't actually go far enough, it's a weird complaint to make. But as we we talked about also off mic, the budget for this movie is literally nothing in terms of film. They made this for a measly $1 million. Yeah, it's 1.5 Canadian roughly, which is basically nothing when it comes to film production, especially with this many practical effects. Yeah, like I've wonder if the actors didn't get paid because they, the, yeah. these practical effects must have cost them thousands. Yeah. I mean, they probably got paid, you know, very, very little. There's a, there's a thing in a union production called scale, which is you mm-hmm. know the, the least amount you're, you can be paid if you're working on a union production. And if you're being released, you're probably a union production. Yeah. So I wonder if they probably get paid royalties because uh, the director, What's his name? Uh, Steven Kratonsky. He yes. did a film called The Void a couple of years ago, and it blew up when it came out. So if it weren't for COVID, this film probably would have been a cult classic immediately. Yeah. It's uh, it's very silly. One thing we're not getting at yet is how funny it is. Uh, just the idea of this, this intergalactic warlord being forced to pal around with a bunch of little kids 
It's uh, and he's making all these nasty, like angry, pithy comments because mm-hmm. he's basically he can't do anything, so he just makes these snarky comments. Yeah, he can't, he can't take a piss without getting approval from me. <laughs> yes, there's a couple of moments when he gets away with, like when he tries to do, you know, do other things, and he can't, and it's amazing. Uh, there's a there's a bit when he brings the boy Luke into the nightmare realm. And they just, they can't, like, once their conversation's over, they can't leave. <laughs> so they just have to wait for the nightmare to end, and it's it's very banal. It's, and... Yeah, it's it's a little, the little touches like that that just make this movie stand out from other similar movies like this. I think that sequence, the nightmare sequence, was a reference to uh, Phantasm. You think the, so? With the crazy lighting and that general feel and all that. Uh, I could see it now that you mention it, but this movie has references to a ton of 80s stuff and even 90s stuff. The costume that Psycho Gorman wears for the latter half of the film, it, it's, it has to be a reference to Jurassic Park. Yeah, well, we looked up earlier. It's uh, it, The colors are different because it's whatever they had on hand, both in universe and uh, in real life, probably. But he's wearing basically the same costume as you see Alan Grant wearing in, uh, in Jurassic Park. The little ascot and everything. It's its very funny. What do you think of the pacing of this movie? It's <sighs> its barely an hour and 40 minutes, and that's yeah. with credits. Yeah. So it's very confusing because it feels like some things are rushed to get to the next sequence, but then we have time for this extended sequence of, the, of them playing the song for a while. <laughs> I unironically love that sequence. So it's so fun, and it really captures the tone of the the movies that they're parodying. Yes, even though it, as a musician, it bothered me that what he's doing visually on the guitar does not sound a thing like what is actually the guitar in the song is actually doing, and that well, always drives me crazy. The easiest solution to that is just don't pay attention. Don't to pay it. attention. To it. <laughs> And Psycho Gorman's in the background playing drums, and he's a little better at mining it. But yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this movie has so many things I love that it's it's so visual. It's hard to really describe on mic. Yes, it's such an incredibly visual film. It looks a lot like a like a Power Rangers thing. There's there's this bit in the middle where uh, a bunch of people from Gygax show up and they try to fight him. And they're all just bizarre, unique designs that I love. Yeah, every alien in this movie just is so vastly different from the other alien. For, if there's two aliens next to each other, they will not look a single thing alike. And that is so creative, and it really gives this universe a massive yeah. feel. Like, we only know about Earth and Gygax. We don't know anything about these other planets and other races. There's, there's an alien or something which is basically just a giant bucket of like body parts and it, it looks like a front-loading washing machine f- filled with gore yeah and there's my favorite one of all of them because the actor is just sort of like doing a, an npc and a nintendo rpg dance for this entire scene looks like a steampunk pirate gentleman it's so hard to explain he's got a, like a mechanical parrot and this ridiculous Errol Flynn mustache, like built into his uh, his like robot face. I really hope this movie takes off because 
I want to see kids walking down the street on Halloween dressed as these characters. Yeah. Or the the guy who put the crown on his head because it was his turn to be king that week. <laughs> they switch weekly. It's, yeah, like, that's the, the, the movie, it's just, it has so many subtle jokes that yeah. just, you got to pay attention to. Yes. I also liked how in a lot of these movies you try to keep your your secret friend a secret but they don't even bother here they introduce their parents to him almost right away yeah and the town seems to know who he is and they're just like he, they go to a restaurant with him and they're just like yep yeah, we're, we're he's just gonna eat this whole plate of food including the plate and psycho gorman will do things to permanently affect other characters mm-hmm. and people just pass off like oh that happened yeah they have a they have a friend named Alistair, which is an awesome name for a little kid to have, and he gets turned into some sort of brain monster, like just a brain with <laughs> it looks like Krang basically from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah, and, and then he just no goes home cares. for dinner. Yeah, the parents are like, "Oh hey, Alistair." Yeah, no one seems to like. No one is even affected by this. It's very weird. And he he hangs out with them the rest of the movie, just as this this giant brain <laughs> monster. Oh, Which but, is probably just like a ball that they put some things on. It, it's that's the one effect that is not particularly convincing, but uh, but it works. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and it it still it looks just like bubble bubble gum and latex. Yeah, it's and it's so gross. Yeah, there's the effects are cheesy on purpose, and they feel like '80s to a T, which I really appreciate. There's, you know, is, is, there, not... is there anything about the film that you don't like? We've been high praising yeah. it for this this There's, whole segment. I feel like I liked it a lot more than I expected I was going to like it. We haven't talked much about the human characters because they all suck. Yeah, Mimi, Mimi, Mimi is a little brat, mm-hmm. and she bosses her family around. She nobody yeah. tells her no. She thinks she can get away with everything, mm-hmm. which is why dad. it's such a fun dynamic with Psycho Gorman. But yes. as a character, she's just very unlikable. Yes, and Luke, her brother, is a huge pushover. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't really do anything except he he's basically her slave. Yeah, and he's the older brother too, which is weird. Yeah. And the the dad who's in his own movie the entire time is my god. The dad is the most useless character ever put to screen. <laughs> he pretends to break his or like hurt his hand trying to like <laughs> to shovel, shovel in this hole. So he wears this ace bandage wrong the rest of the movie and it's and he tries to cook chicken. He puts raw chicken in the microwave <laughs> and ruins it. It's like, Hey, what what movie are you in? Because I don't want to watch that movie ever. And I disagree. I would love to watch a movie about a really incompetent father just doing the worst he can on purpose. And you know, it all co- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Corbulates in the end. It all comes together in the end. And you know, like the father's useless for most of it, and that really shows in the final sequence. Like everything has a reason, but. The movie is too fast-paced. It needs a little more breathing room. Yeah, it's trying to cover way too much plot to the point where there's this whole other... There's like a third group of aliens, basically, and they are sort of like the the main villains, but we don't want to get enough time spent with them to really understand. Did you see the post credit scene? I did. It just seemed like they just needed to end it, like end the film somehow, which is also... Spoilers, sorry... 
the parents reconcile at the end, which is weird because it's really they shouldn't. weird. They're fighting for the whole movie, and clearly they've been fighting before the movie begins. Yes, they've been fighting for a while, and uh, I don't. The only reason they they could have to get back together is because the movie's over and they have to wrap. They that need up. the happy ending. Yeah. After a fashion. Yeah. <laughs> because you know they did set this giant monster free. <laughs> So there's a lot to like, but I feel like the closer you look at it, you can definitely see the stitches. But the movie is still enjoyable. I think yeah. if, you, if you have Shudder, you know, it's definitely worth a watch on Shudder. But yeah, it'll be on Shudder in May. Yeah. So it's definitely worth viewing. I you know, I rented it. It was it was a fun time. I didn't hate it. I liked it more than I was expecting to, certainly. Based on the name alone, the name gives a different idea of what the film would be. Yeah, uh, if any of you guys know me, you know this is the type of film I live for. So I've been following this for about eight months when I first heard about it. And I watched it a couple, couple, I want to say like six weeks ago when it first came out on Video On Demand. And I absolutely loved it. And then watching it the second time, I noticed more of its flaws. So it's definitely one of those things where if you're not into over-the-top gore and violence set in like an 80s theme you're not gonna like it yeah and i'm not a big fan of over the top gore but the, i think it works here because it's definitely cartoonish yeah it's not played seriously i don't think you that's not true there's the, the cop that gets turned in but for the most part any human that has bad things happen to them deserved it like the, the cops are, are a mess and there's some there's some uh, thieves in the beginning but other than that it's all like monster on monster violence yeah. which I don't I don't find to be upsetting in the same way it's weird when the villain of the film is an alien and you're rooting for him over the human characters yeah because he's, he's at least charismatic he's likable <laughs> yes to an I extent don't, I don't particularly care for any of the human characters which no, kind of sucks like, I w- honestly I was hoping that he would break free of Mimi's spell the whole time and yeah. just wreak havoc on uh, whatever town they're in yes uh, we're, but, we're just kind of re- rehashing at this point <laughs> yeah. um, which um, of these did you prefer I 100% prefer Psycho Goreman I feel like this movie was tailored to me <laughs> This is... Psycho Gorman had everything I wanted to see in a film. Like, this is why I love movies. But Weird Science is also... It's very good. It's it's a lot different tonally, but they kind of yeah. work with similar themes. Um, yes. But if I'm watching a movie where you have to control higher power, I'm going to pick Psycho Gorman. I, I think I'm with you there. I don't... I don't like it the same way that you liked it. I can definitely notice some more of the flaws, yeah. but... I got the rose-colored glasses on. Yeah, but I definitely enjoyed it more than I was expecting to, by a lot. Uh, I was really hesitant to to really watch this, and I had a great time with it. It's I was honestly shocked when fun. you suggested it. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else to pair with uh, with Weird Science was the thing, and it's it's just it's dumb fun, and that's you know sometimes what you need. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, you just got to shut your brain silly. off for ninety minutes. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And there, there's enough silliness going on. And one thing we haven't talked about that I loved until they ran into the ground was uh, this repeated joke where they'll be in a close-up of something cool happening action-wise. And with this really awesome score, 
and then it'll cut to a wide, and the, the score drops out, and you just see what was actually going on. And yeah, it's really it cuts dumb. to like a onlooker's perspective. Yeah. And, and movies do that a lot, especially in comedy, mostly action comedies. And yeah. the joke's funny, but by 2021, it's played yeah. out. The, yeah, they, they ran that. Even in the movie, it takes place, or the, even in this movie, it happens like four times. And by the end, I'm like, ah, I got it. I got. I get the joke. It's funny, but it you're kind of wearing it thin. Yeah. <sighs> but I did enjoy it more than I was expecting to. I'm really happy you liked it. Uh, I have really nothing else to say. Yeah, I <laughs> I spoke my piece on uh, both of these films. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to be doing for next week. We talked uh, about a couple things, but nothing set in stone. I personally would like Justice League, but it's also four hours, and I'm not going <laughs> to subject anybody to that. Um, also, we were talking about doing a uh, Oscar talk. Yeah. So I was thinking yeah. we should do a live stream for that. Oh, that would be fun. Maybe like Thursday or something. Yeah. We'll talk um, off mic for that. Yeah, that could be uh, could be a lot of fun. So I definitely want to have some influence on uh, or some interaction if possible. Yes. I have some thoughts about some like some good and bad thoughts about Agreed. about these uh, the nomination which just came out yesterday and they're everywhere. So if anyone wants to look at them and haven't already, just search for Oscar nominations because they're on every news site you know basically everywhere you should make a post about it yeah some, I'll, I'll do that later but thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Crossroads